This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 25th, 2017. Seeds of Faith. Faith. Seeds of Faith. That's our focus this morning as we conclude our series on seeds. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And it's really good to be back. Pastor Lori preached two weeks ago and then Bill last week. And oh, it's good to be home. Thank you so much for coming. Our mission, you can say it with me, to connect people with Jesus, Jesus and the, the new, new life, life he offers. We are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Mighty God, we thank you so much for drawing us in today, for waking us up, first of all, carrying us through the night, but bringing us here so that we could hear your word. Almighty God, use us to speak truth, and we pray, Lord, that each one of us experiences change and transformation in your name. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, two weeks ago, Pastor Lori mentioned the transfiguration of Jesus in her message on hearing God's voice. Transfiguration, that's a complete change of form or appearance into a more beautiful or spiritual state. Now, in the case of Jesus, he transfigured or changed right before the eyes of his inner circle of disciples, Peter, James, and John, when they went up on this high mountain, and right before their eyes, his face shone like sun. I mean, can you imagine what that would look like? It's like, wow. And his clothes became as white as light. And then Moses and Elijah appeared before them, representing the Old Testament Moses and Elijah, the prophets. Peter, we love Peter. Peter suggesting, suggested building three shelters, one each, one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah, so that that would allow them to stay a while and just bask in the gloriousness of the moment. And then a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Well, the disciples fell to the ground. They fell on their faces. They were terrified. You can't blame them. It was a pretty incredible thing. And then Jesus touched them and told them to get up. And so looking up, when they got up, they saw no one but Jesus. And they came down from this mountaintop experience. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Mm -hmm. And then there's like a 180 degree spin because the very next thing we read in this chapter of Matthew is that they came to a crowd and a man knelt before Jesus. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. 
Jesus could not stay on the mountaintop, as Peter suggested, by offering to build shelters to stay in, to just stay. No, that couldn't happen because ministry does not occur on the mountaintop. I mean, that's like near perfection. That's awesomeness. It's when we come down from the mountain where the stuff of life happens. Oh, on the mountaintop, we get replenished and renewed and just as we can catch our breath. But ministry takes place in the valleys of life, in the valleys of our life. Mountaintop is exceptional, not the norm. That's because life takes place oftentimes right in the valley. There's a Bible scholar, William Barclay, and he uh, reflected on this scripture in Matthew. Check this out. This is what Barclay shares. He says, straight from the glory of the mountaintop, Jesus was met by human suffering. Straight from hearing the voice of God, he came to hear the persistent demands of human need that cried out to him. The most Christ-like people in the world are those who never find other people a nuisance. It is easy to feel Christian in the moment of prayer and meditation. It is easy to feel close to God when the world is shut out. But that is not religion, that is escapism. Real religion is to rise from our knees before God to meet other people and the problems of the human situation. Real religion is to draw strength from God in order to give it to others. Real religion involves meeting both God in the secret places and men and women in the marketplaces. That really caught our attention. Real religion involves meeting both God in the secret places, that's very important, and men and women in the marketplaces. And as a result of that, we are often, this is life, an emotional roller coaster. Last Sunday, we officiated a wedding of Amanda Johnston. It was beautiful, and the day was just awesome. Saturday. Sunday, we got in the car, and we drove up to Hocasson, Delaware, to go to a viewing of a 25-year-old daughter of a guy who was in our wedding, who was tragically killed. Mountaintop. Wedding, beautifulness, the valley of death, and tragedy. It's kind of life, isn't it? Again, it's in those places. It's in the really hard stuff of life, the valleys, and I would even dare say tragedies. It's in those places where life takes place. And it's in the valley that the real tough ministry also takes place. Mm. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How, how long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me, Jesus. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Now, when we first read that, Jesus seems a little harsh, don't you think there? little less than patient. Well, perhaps. You see, it appears that he's not merely speaking to his disciples, 
it could be that he's speaking metaphorically to Israel, Israel as a whole. Throughout the Old Testament, we read about the Hebrews, the Israelites, where they have this pattern of being faithful to God and then falling away from God. Faithful to God, falling away from God over and over, back and forth. And generally speaking, their time apart from God was a lot more than their time being so faithful to God. <laughs> and perhaps Jesus is talking to us as well with this question. How often are we unbelieving or perverse or contrary? Many versions of this scripture uh, use the word faith in place of the word unbelieving. And so the question would be, how, how often was Israel less than faithful, turning from God rather than toward God, depending on their own strength rather than looking to God for strength? seeking help from other gods, even, rather than in the one true God. How often is that true for you and me as well? Less than faithful, fickle when it comes to God turning away when God doesn't do what we want God to do, doesn't do it when we ask, doesn't do it the way we wanted Him to do it. How often do we turn to other gods? for comfort and strength, the gods of money and power and sex? How often is our faith less than God deserves for how faithful God has been to us? As we continue on, Matthew 17, then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a, what, mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Say the last line with us. Nothing will be impossible for you. Mustard seed. Open your program, will you? Please. You have a place here for notes. We have something right in the middle of that. Just touch your finger over top of it. Look at it. That's a mustard seed. Dot, thank you. Dot Hall's put all these mustard seeds on here. Thank you. See, Dot taped the mustard seed to a dot. <laughs> and then... Oh, Esselie. Thank you, Esselie. Yes. Look how humble Dot is. Yeah. So it was a two-person operation. See, it takes a lot for a little mustard seed. You see that? Just run your finger over that. A little mustard seed. That, that's where that stuff that you put on your hot dog comes from. The mustard seed. Whoever has used these for pickling, maybe putting up some pickles or something like that. You have mustard seeds in there. But, you know, they say I'm the king of useless information. I'm going to put that to work right now. He has the T-shirt to prove it, too. Did you know the mustard seeds have health benefits? For example, some are used, are used in some of the can, uh, treatments for cancer, rheum, uh, rheumatic arthritis, migraine headaches, respiratory uh, congestion, high blood pressure, asthma. The vitamin A from mustard seeds, some of you guys pay attention, the, and I'm listening myself, the vitamin A from mustard seed aids in hair growth. 
Look, I'm going to start picking up all those seeds at the end. These seeds also contain protein, calcium, vitamin A, along with omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids, all of which strengthen your hair from within. There's a theme here. This seed is part of the plant family that also includes cabbage, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, and cauliflower. All those things mom said were good for you. The mustard seed is one of the most popular, most widely traded spices around the world. Isn't that something? All of that from that little tiny thing on your bullet, on your program this morning. Isn't that incredible? Wow. So Jesus used an example of a little tiny mustard seed, which would have been something that they knew about as a powerful example. He shared a parable. So we were just talking about chapter 17 of Matthew. If we go back to chapter 13, we can take a look at how Jesus compared the kingdom of heaven uh, to a mustard seed. Check this out. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. So look around. Seriously, look around. <laughs> kingdom of heaven right here on earth. Kingdom of heaven right here. Like a mustard seed. Think of that this service, 830, 11, all the people... It's like a mustard seed. It started real small, 14 families, a little mustard seed of a congregation. And then like that seed planted, nourished, it grew and grew to what we see here today. Isn't that awesome? Like a mustard seed. And it's going to continue to grow as we move into a newer, larger facility just a few miles north there on 301. I encourage you to keep praying, keep praying. That mustard seed, it's growing. That prayer's like fertilizer. Keep praying. And we're going to continue to grow as we connect people with Jesus and the new life that he offers with everyone we know and meet. And we'll continue to grow just as that little tiny mustard seed grows into a very large plant, large enough for the birds to come and perch in its branches. So let's take a look at Matthew 17 again. Jesus told his disciples that they were not able to drive the demon out of the boy because they lacked faith. He told them if they had just the faith of a mustard seed, just the faith of that little tiny seed in your program, that they'd be able to move mountains because nothing is impossible. God. Hmm. So look at that seed again. Take your program, look at that seed, run your thumb over it or your finger, whichever one. It's pretty tiny, isn't it? I mean, I had this little container of seeds about that big. They used them for all these programs. They're, it's like none were taken out. They're so little. They take up so little space, that little tiny seed. And what we're told is if we just have that much faith, just that much faith. It, that, that doesn't take much, does it? Just a little, just a tiny little bit of faith. We can move mountains with God's help, of course. Little tiny faith and mountains can be moved. Wow. In the Bible, we read about a lot of people who had 
just a little bit of faith or others that had more. David, David was able to move a mountain of a man, his name was Goliath, with a little bit of faith. He was merely a boy. Moses, Moses was able to move a mountain of water as he parted the Red Sea with just a little bit of faith, and he was merely a shepherd. Deborah, Deborah was able to move a mountain of a leader. His name was Jabin. He was a Canaanite king, thanks to faith. She was merely a woman in a male-dominated culture, and it was a woman who God appointed to lead Israel. Gideon, Gideon moved a mountain of an enemy the Midianites who were attacking them thanks to faith and he was merely the weakest in the weakest of all clans. In the New Testament, four friends were able to move the mountain of their friend's paralysis thanks to their faith. A man moved the mountain of blindness and received his sight from Jesus thanks to his faith. Disciples are able to feed 5,000 men not counting the women and children there that day, thanks to a, a little boy and five loaves and two fishes that he faithfully gave over to them. Four fishermen dropped their nets and followed the Savior, carrying his message to the ends of the earth thanks to faith. Story after story after story after story of mountains being moved thanks to faith and not always huge faith, not a lot, not tons, just a little bit sometimes, just enough, maybe even just a mustard seed's worth to get it started, to take a step, to drop a net, to offer a snack, to sling a stone. A mustard seed of faith. So looking in the last couple hundred years, we want to share with you about a man named Martin Luther. Martin Luther, um, as a Roman Catholic priest, he was really concerned about the state of the church, and so he posted on a door. It's a very historic thing. It's called 95 Theses, or 95 Challenges to the Church. You see, the church allowed the preachers to sell indulgences. It was certificates in order to forgive sins. So you buy this, and then your sins are forgiven. And Martin Luther just knew from the core that that wasn't the right thing and really couldn't live with that at all. And so he believed that when Christians bought the indulgences to forgive their sins, it avoided true repentance and sorrow for sin. And so his act of faith was mountain-moving as he took the leap of faith to go against the institution of the church and began what is known as the Protestant Reformation, changing the church not only in Europe, but all around the world. Uh, in 2017, today, uh, not today, but this year marks 500 years since Luther did that historic nailing as he historically stood um, up to the church, that's a pretty kind of famous um, scene of him nailing them to the door 500 years since God used Luther's faith to bring about major change. Mm. Mustard seed of faith, that's what William Wilberforce had 
when he became an evangelical Christian in 1785, and shortly thereafter proposed a parliament, British parliament, proposed the abolition of slavery, which resulted a few years later in the end of the slave trade in 1807, and, and then in 1833, the absolute ab abolition, the, the getting rid of slavery throughout most of the British Empire. It's ironic that Wilberforce died just three days after this abolition happened. Mustard seed of faith brings about worldwide change. So we've talked about people in the Old Testament, people in the New Testament, people 500 years ago, people 300 years ago. So I'll share my own story about this. When God called me into ministry, I did not want to go. I did not want to go. I was up for a fight with God. I didn't want to go for many reasons, but the top three, number one, is because I love nursing. I was a nurse before this, still am, but don't really actively practice. So I was a nurse. I felt called by God to do that, and I was pretty ticked off at the thought of leaving it. Number two, my family it would take a toll on the family. Number three, fear. Not fear of what I'm doing today, but actually fear of going back to school. And I had to get a master's degree in divinity to do this. And it was just hard enough getting through nursing school. It wasn't the greatest experience for me. And I hated tests and it was just overwhelming. And God was so persistent that he made me miserable in some areas of my life. And so I just needed to obey and go with it, whether I wanted to or not. One small step, a mustard seed, size, faith, that's all I had with this particular thing. And I went back to school one step at a time, just one course to start. And then that route took hold and then I tried two courses and that took hold and eventually graduated um, with that degree. And um, the full grown bush took a lot of years, but it finally grew from the mustard seed of faith. Hmm. And she not only graduated, she graduated with honors, a magna cum laude. How do you like that one, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hard, though. All thanks to a we mustard seed of faith. We had the very same cum, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All thanks to having the faith of a mustard seed. <laughs> Taking that first step, getting started, trusting God just enough giving him what she could, and then faithfully following that first step with another step, and then another step, then another step, growing, 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 as that tiny little mustard seed of faith grew into a giant bush, this giant tree of possibility. Yeah. You know, I think I really needed that mustard seed when you told me you were going in. Three years later. Whew, she went on the fast track then. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, that was really interesting time. All right. 
<laughs> Our kids are over here and they're laughing because it was an interesting time where we really all had to have that faith. Throughout Christian history, we see great movements, great movements that began with a mustard seed of faith, usually with just one person, a single person who started something. The disciples first dropping their nets to modern-day movements in the church. A mustard seed of faith able to bring about huge change and transformation, not only in the church, but in the world, in people, in men and women, boys and girls all over. Thanks to the Holy Spirit power that God gives each one of us that we're allowed to tap into, that is within us when Christ is in us hmm. as our Savior, the mustard seed of faith. Hmm. And so we come to the question of the day, and you can probably imagine what the question's going to be. So how much faith do you have? Look at that mustard seed again in the program, please. Seriously, look at it again. Run your finger across it, touch it. Do you have that much faith? Do you have that much? Just a little bit. Because that much, if we trust what Jesus tells us, that much faith will carry us through the mountaintops and through the valleys of life. And let's face it. <laughs> The valleys far outnumber the mountaintops, don't they? Most days. Valleys of illness, scary illness. Valleys of financial challenge, valleys of work pressure, valleys of unemployment, valleys of struggling to, to just keep your head above water some days. Valleys of tragedy, death, valley of relationships that blow apart, of heartbreak with kids, family members, friends. Do you have that much faith? It's all you need. It's all you need. It's a good start. It's a very good start because that can be all God needs to take you, to carry you through those times when we're on the mountain, but especially in the valley when we need those mountains to be moved. When they are moved, it's like, praise God, remember to thank, praise God, give God the glory. God gets all the glory when mountains are moved. But we also need to thank God and praise God when the mountains aren't moved. Not all mountains get moved. But here's the thing, God still carries us either around them or over them. My current study is the battle plan for prayer. It's really, um, it's really affecting me. I want to read just a little excerpt. Obviously, people can die who you, whom you've prayed would be healed. The job you want can pass you by. Your desire to marry someone or have kids may never come to fruition. Until the answer is final, keep asking in faith. But if the final is not what you hoped for, you can trust that God's spirit will sustain you. 
and he is benevolent in his omniscience. That means all-knowing. We can trust God in faith with our very, very lives. Big things, little things, everything in between. Just one step at a time. It could be one step into serving in a ministry here that you've never tried before. Could be one step into starting a ministry that God has laid on your heart that could transform lives, connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. It could be about mountain moving things like moving unforgiveness out of our hearts or mountains um, of addiction, mountains like hatred or racism. God can move those mountains, mountains of disbelief. God can move mountains for you and through you with just the faith the size of a mustard seed. That's the truth of the gospel. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. And you know what? I saw you, Lizzie, do that. I think we need to give God the glory. Yes. Thank you. You know what? While I'm thinking about this, I just need to... Uh, 57 years. Stand up, please. Come on. 57 years of marriage. Congratulations. Let's pray. Mighty God, we thank you for today. We thank you for all of your, your good gifts. And so many times we, we don't even notice what you do for us. But we ask you to draw us closer. Help each one of us have a more personal relationship with you. Cleanse us of our sins. Prepare our heart to do what pleases you. Help us know you and love you more and more every day. Use all the circumstances of our lives to make us more like you. Teach us to pray more strategically and effectively in your name, according to your will and your word. Use our faith, our obedience, our prayers for the benefit of others and for your glory. I pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the life.